Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. Today we will take a look at what it means to be a servant leader and how we are to both lead and serve all at the same time. And this is exactly what God expects of every believer that we, to the best of our abilities, follow in the footsteps of Jesus as he modeled these actions for us. So what does God's word have to say on what it looks like to be a servant leader? And how do we live that out at home, at church, at work, at school, and with friends, etc.? Now, without further ado, let's go to God's word and find out what this looks like and how we are to live out our lives as a servant leader. And we begin with Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. I don't believe we could start with a more impactful set of words than these as it pertains to servant leadership. Yet living out the servant portion of the servant leader role is quite difficult for many in totality. Yes, all too often, if we do serve as a leader, we often do it with a touch of ego and pride and a look at what I'm doing as your leader. Look how I am humbling myself and doing the dirty work, although I am not required to do this. Does that apply to everyone? No. Does it apply to most people? It does. And because we are just humans, we love recognition and love to be honored for what we do. And we love attention and accolades, hugs and kisses and photographs. And if others don't photograph us doing our good deed, we make sure to get our own selfies. Sadly, this is just the human condition, and we see it lived out in all of its fruits, especially on social media. And social media is truly great, for one thing in my opinion, spreading God's word and knowing people by their fruit. And the fruits of most on social media boils down to, look at me. Look at what restaurant I'm eating at. Look at where I'm on vacation. Look at what I did over the weekend and what I bought and my family and my kids. And once we concoct our look at me story and add our look at me pictures, we hope and wait in desperation for all of the people we accumulated in our fray of admirers to begin hearting and hugging and smiling and thumbs upping and of course commenting on how amazing, beautiful and stunning we are. I think that just about sums up who the majority of us truly are. And even if we don't use social media to do that, that is just the human condition for 99% of the population. And God too knows it is a condition we would and do suffer from. And he knows we crave attention, especially when it comes to doing things for others. And the relatively few people that truly do serve and extract themselves out of their own self-centered world often crave praise and attention too as a reward for their, quote, good works. I am certainly guilty of this and have done plenty of things in my life to get attention and to get praise for doing a, quote, good deed in serving. No doubt, it does feel good to have people accept what we do when we give away. But if we serve to get attention, that is not what is right. That is not what is God honoring. And that is never what God did or taught us by example or by his word. 
And so we see serving and being a servant leader is a discipline with the focus on God. He calls those who presume to serve to only serve in humility and respect. Let's take a look at Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So we see here that in order to become an honest servant, and a servant that will be rewarded by God, we need to do it quietly, humbly, and with correct motives. And according to God's word, if we don't serve in that way, it is of no value in the eyes of God. The rewards, the honor, the accolades, the praise for our work must come from God, not from ourselves looking to get noticed. The amazing thing about serving in the way God tells us to is that we will get rewarded in ways that no person on earth can ever reward us. The hard part is, however, we crave tangible, audible rewards and at the time. We most often crave the physical attention that makes us feel good, a hug, a pat on the back, and well done. But let's let God be the one to do that for us in earnest. Now, just to be clear, this has nothing to do with receiving gratitude from those we help. Serving often comes with gratitude from others we do help, and we are to accept that gratitude with open arms and thanksgiving to God and simply say thank you, which is also very hard for most people to do with grace. When someone says thank you for your service, stating perhaps, oh, that was nothing, oh, it didn't do anything, it was all God, Anything in that line of response is not actually God-honoring and ultimately is not very humble. Because a humble response is, you are very welcome. It was my pleasure. I am happy that God gave me the time to do this for you, etc. Do you get the drift? Rarely does someone give a sincere thank you and not mean it. Most people aren't going to waste their time complimenting you for your work you have done if it is not worthy of a compliment or praise. With that, it is hopefully clear that when we serve, we need to serve quietly, humbly, and let God pat us on the back. Let God praise us. Let God reward us in ways we can't fathom. Inasmuch, when we are recognized by those who serve, we are to show godly gratitude in receiving that praise and move on. Now that we have covered the servant portion of the servant leader, let's look at how serving fits into leadership and why all good leaders are natural servants. I hope I can safely say that the majority of you who are listening have held a job and have had a boss. And if you are self-employed as I have been for the past 22 years, I know for a fact I am definitely not my own boss. I always chuckle when people who find out I am a business owner and am supposedly my own boss exclaim, you are so lucky to be your own boss and get to do what you want. Well, that is so far from the truth, and the only thing I can do is laugh at that idea. Every client I have is my boss. They tell me what to do, 
how to do it, and what needs to be done, along with many other expectations and demands that come with the territory. Question might be, do I have to do what my clients tell me? Of course not. I can certainly do what I want to do, but that will very likely end our relationship, as in, I will be fired by my client. Huh, that sounds just like working for someone. And that is because I am, and they are my boss. So what do I need to do and who do I need to be when I am working with my clients or my bosses? I need to be a servant leader. First off, as a business owner, I hope I am in the field that I am in because I like it and want to do my job well. Second, if I am doing my job well, I will need to make my first priority that of serving my clients, my bosses. And then I will need to take the project and lead it to completion. After all, while the client might have expectations, they are ultimately trusting me to take the lead and take it to completion. Now you say, well, I don't own my own business and I'm not as lucky as you to be in the position like that. Well, if you are not in a position like I am or self-employed, then you aren't working. Because if you are working, even if you think you have the most menial job on the planet, working for someone else, you do have a boss who you can serve. And you too have been handed assignments that they have asked you to take the lead on. And that makes you a servant leader when you do it for the Lord. And when we, in any position in our lives, live to honor God in this way, we will be rewarded. In addition, there is no position in life that we can't be a servant leader, and moreover, are expected to be one by God. Servant leadership needs to start with our kids. Servant leadership is taught and is something learned and is something that needs to be modeled. Servant leadership is a practice of discipline and a discipline of honoring God and others, all while being a true leader through serving, as Jesus modeled for us. Again, I'm sure most of us have had bosses who have lived in an ivory tower and were seated on a throne and made sure everyone knew they were the leader and you were the servant. And whether or not you were okay with that, that boss, that person who only felt they were born to just lead, are not happy and confident individuals. They are hunting for affirmation themselves and accolades and praise, and it shows. In a reverse scenario, we are also not to pretend we are just poor and lowly and so meek and mild that everyone is welcome to roll over us, and it's just God's will that we live at the bottom, groveling our way through life. That is not God-honoring either. And in the same way, the one who sits above, everyone looking down, is hunting praise and accolades, so too is the person always looking up to everyone because that is their position of choice to seek praise and accolades. And people in both self-made positions often make sure the world knows exactly where they are, what they do, and how they live their lives. Tragically, these two life positions are all too frequently found in churches across the globe. Now let me sum up where we are at this point so there is hopefully no room for questions. Did God point some to lead and others to serve? Unquestionably, yes. There are many and various gifts that God has given each of us and they are what God knows we can excel at for him. Notice I said can excel at. Just because he gave us a gift or gifts does not mean we will use them or use them properly. And many people don't use what God has given them or use them for the correct reasons. 
So if you have been given the gift of servanthood, then by all means go serve and serve well and don't try to become a leader. And believe it or not, that is not a contradiction because you are called to provide leadership in your role as a servant. In that, everyone who calls on you to serve knows they can fully trust you and that you will take the lead or be the best leader in serving you can be. And the same exact model applies to the one who has been gifted as a leader. All that said, Scripture has made it very clear that God never called us to be just a servant or just a leader. He called us to be both, hence a servant leader, and that applies even to those who are specifically given the gift of servanthood or leadership roles. So let's look at several more verses on this subject and at our perfect and ultimate role model, Jesus, who is indeed leader of leaders and servant of servants. John 13, 12, 15 states, When he, Jesus, had washed the disciples' feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place at the table, Jesus said to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. And that is our perfect example of servant leader. Jesus led by example and served by example. And he led in leadership and he led in servanthood. And he served as a leader and served as a servant. Just a few minutes ago, I mentioned that we all too often find a considerable disconnect on what servant leadership looks like in the church. And here's our passage that indicates it is an issue, and we are warned about this lack of discipline. 1 Peter 5.3, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And this is specifically to church leaders. Yes, pastors and elders and deacons. But as we know, we are all fallen and have fallen very short of the glory of God. And so we pervert and corrupt what God intends us to do for good and for him. And we live on our pride and ego and will and desire, but that only leads to a fall. Let's look again at Mark 10, 43 through 45. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Another beautiful example of what it looks like to be a true servant leader. Luke twenty-two twenty-six: Let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. And it continues into Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Let's wrap up with this, Romans 12, 3 through 8. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. 
For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So it's clear, we are called to be all about serving in leadership and leading in servanthood. So if you live your life always barking the orders on top of your world, or always in the prone position being stepped on in your world, you are not living for God. And if you are not living for the Lord, you will not get his reward. And if you are not being rewarded by God, life is very empty, and you are only able to receive what the world gives you, and no more. And that is true and complete emptiness. Let's pray. Thank you, most merciful Father, King of kings and Lord of lords, our servant leader who came and stooped lower than any one of us will ever be able to stoop and is leading as no other will ever be able to lead. You are an awesome God, and we are grateful that you left us with your word of truth and grace and example. Encourage us to be diligent students of your word that we might grow in our lives as servant leaders and all to your honor and glory. Guide us in the paths of righteousness for your namesake and lead us as we beg of you to encourage us as we strive to live as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ taught us. Help us in our jobs and with our families and with our friends to sincerely serve with gratitude and thankfulness that you have given us opportunity to allow you to live through us in this way and to show the world who you are as we live our lives out as humble servant leaders in your name. And now we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.